Our reading comes from the second book in the Bible, Exodus, and it's from chapter 2, starting at verse 11. And if I could see the page number, I'd tell you what it was, but I can't. So there we go. One day, after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Looking this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. The next day, he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, oh, what I did must have become known. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and went out to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. Now a priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and fill the troughs to water their father's flock. Some shepherds came along and drove them away, but Moses got up and came to their rescue and watered their flock. When the girls returned to Ruel, their father, he asked them, have you returned so early today? They answered, an Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds. He even drew water for us and watered the flock. And where is he? Ruel asked his daughters. Why did you leave him? Invite him to come and have something to eat. Moses agreed to stay with the man who gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses in marriage. Zipporah gave birth to a son and Moses named him Gershom, saying, I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. During that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out, and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning. As I was preparing this morning, I just this morning, I really sensed a prayer for each one of us as we open up this word this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. And as we look at these verses... Father, where our hearts have become hard, would you soften them? Where our vision has become cloudy, would you bring clarity? Where our ears have become deaf, would you unblock them? And where our minds have been taken up by the cares of this world, Would you renew and transform them by your Holy Spirit so that each one of us may receive what you have for us in your word this morning. For your glory's sake, Lord. Amen. So this morning we're continuing our series 
on Exodus. And just as a little bit of a recap, the Israelites came to Egypt with Jacob to escape the famine. And their population has grown. The Egyptians, trying to keep them under control, have subjected them to harsh and forced labour and tried to limit the population by killing male children at birth. But Moses was saved when his mother placed him in a basket and put him on the River Nile, where he was found by Pharaoh's daughter, who brought him up in the palace as her own son. What a result. And that could have been the end of the story. Have you ever felt that your life was going in a certain direction and then something happened that changed everything? Or have you ever done something wrong that had severe consequences and you thought, well, that's it, I've blown it? Or felt that God had forgotten you in a long and lonely period of your life. This passage speaks to all of those things. It covers about 80 years of Moses' life in just a few verses. And there's so much we can take from it for us today. Yes, when Moses was rescued, it could have been the end of the story. Lucky Moses. He escaped death at the beginning of his life. He escaped harsh, forced labour through the course of his adult life. He would have wanted for nothing. When Stephen, the first martyr, speaks of Moses in Acts, he says that he was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and he was powerful in speech and action. He lived that life for 40 years. A third of his lifespan, he was kept safe. He was learning skills. But was that the life that he was saved for? When he was grown, he couldn't stay away from his own people. He went to visit them and he saw them suffering. And he was a bit of a hothead. He was unable to tolerate what he saw. He could have kept quiet. He could have continued as before. But the New Testament writer to the Hebrews writes that by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be ill-treated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. That was the sort of person Moses was. He still could, he saw the Egyptian beating one of his own people. He looked around, thought no one was watching, killed him and hid him in the sand. He still couldn't keep away. The next day he went back and he challenged two of his own people, two Hebrews, who'd started a fight. Tackled the one who was in the wrong and was surprised when they acted with distrust. Who are you 
Are you going to kill us like you killed the Egyptian? Stephen again. Moses thought that his own people would realise that God was using him to rescue them. But they did not. He was stuck between a rock and a hard place. It must have been a really lonely place. He was distrusted by his own people. And now he was in danger from the Egyptians for killing one of their own. He'd really burnt his bridges. So he fled. Fled into the desert to Midian. Still didn't, couldn't keep a low profile. Didn't take him long to make his presence known. He helped seven sisters who were trying to water their father's sheep and who were attacked by shepherds. That military training that he'd received under the Egyptians must have really helped to fend off a a band of shepherds. He got involved and helped the women water their flock. He was willing to help strangers. He ended up staying with the family, marrying the daughter of the house, having a son, while still being very aware of being a foreigner in a strange land. And so another 40 years passed, another third of Moses' life, looking after his father's sheep. Must have seemed like nothing was happening But God was at work. I love how one commentator describes this period. Long years of lonely waiting and trial before Moses' strong and radiant nature could be broken down and shaped into a vessel for God's use. He learned character, the things he would need in the next season, the last third of his life the next 40 years leading the Israelites to the brink of the promised land. Humility, patience, strength, wisdom, hard work, generosity. But as those 40 years went on, the Israelites were still in slavery. Where was God? The Israelites were all descendants of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. And God had made promises, first to Abraham in Genesis 15. Know for certain that for 400 years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and that they will be enslaved and ill-treated there. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterwards they will come out with great possessions." And then a promise to his grandson Jacob in Genesis 46. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you into a great nation there. I will go down to Egypt with you, and I will surely bring you back again. God keeps his promises. He remembered. He was concerned about the Israelites. And he was about to act. This story was not over. It was to be continued. And there's so much we can take from this passage today. Moses was not saved for a luxurious life 
within the walls of the palace. And we are not called to live lives merely concerned with our own needs and comfort, ignoring the needs of others. Our background and our experiences will have given us advantages, skills, education, experiences, good and bad, that God wants us to use for the good of others, particularly those who are suffering. We can call to build the body of Christ, to share the good news. God wastes nothing of what has happened in our lives. And so we haven't blown it if we sin, if we muck up. There may be consequences, just as there were for Moses, either now or in the future. But when we come to a faith in Jesus, we know that if we can confess our sins and repent and turn away from them, he forgives us and he restores us for onward service to him. He can use us mightily going forward into the future, just as he did with Moses. And God keeps his promises, although his timetable can be very, very different to ours. He knows everything. He has seen the end from the beginning. We may not see his hand at work immediately in a difficult time. There'll be desert times when we're crying out, when God, when? Why God, why? But as the Apostle Paul tells the Romans, God promises to work all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. That was Moses and that is you and me. One verse from Jeremiah, which I think of often, and many of you will know, is, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Let's be encouraged by those verses and by these verses about Moses. Let's allow God to work out his purposes in our lives, right where we are, in the midst of whatever circumstances we are in, whatever mistakes we've made and we may be surprised where he leads us Amen Thank you Tracy